Hey everybody, welcome to Divi Chat. We are on episode 151, and today we're going to talk about a subject that we've talked about before, but we're going to we are going to go through Oh man, my earphones, my my own voice just blasted into my ears, which is I'm just, I apologize that. to all of you for just having to go through it yourselves. But uh, what we're going to talk about today is SEO, but we're going to talk about some quick tips. Let's see what we can get accomplished in just this week. We'll give you some some quick things you can do to for your client site, for your site that can sort of ramp up your site, maybe get those analytics ticking up just a bit, just tighten things up a little, and then we'll go from there. So uh, before I ramble on any longer, let's introduce our panel and our friend who we haven't seen for a long time, Sarah, who's been dealing with fires and other drama in Australia. We're so happy you're here, Sarah. Hey guys, Sarah Oates here from Endure Web Studios. Um, you can catch me at endure.com.au. I'm really sorry that I haven't been here for such a long time. We've had a combination of New Year's in Australia, stuff kind of shuts down a little bit. It's very long school holidays. I feel like it just goes on forever and ever and ever over um, pretty much all of January and half of December. And then we have fires like in two different locations that I was at. So yeah, it's been an insane last two months and I'm really sorry I haven't been around, but I should be back now, hopefully. We are glad you're here today. And uh, the lovely lady next to you, Miss Tammy Grant. Hello everyone, I'm Tammy Grant and I'm from Orlando, Florida. You can find me at sunflowercreatives.com and on Twitter at your blog place. And our good buddy, Tim, tell us where you're broadcasting from. Yeah, absolutely. So Tim Streifler <laughs> here and I am broadcasting from San Clemente, California. And Stephanie teases me because that's been kind of my go-to uh, for a few years now on Divi Chat saying where I broadcast from as if anyone cares. Um, and uh, you can find me online at divilife.com for my Divi plugins, child themes and tutorials, wpgears.com for my uh, Divi business course, along with uh, our good friend, David Blackman, who's not on today. And uh, yeah, that's where you can find me online. I will say I am outnumbered today um, by these <laughs> sure amazing powerhouse female business owners. And I'm actually excited about it because um, the tech world is very like male dominated overall, but we have some amazing uh, female business owners that are crushing it. And so, yeah, I'm stoked that I'm the the odd man out literally. <laughs> Look, we're like, let's talk diversity for just one quick second. That's what our episode should have been about. Right. Man, we got all shapes and sizes and colors represented today. This is pretty good. Uh, so, oh, I forgot to say who I am. I'm Stephanie Hudson, and I run Focus WP, which is a white label WordPress maintenance company for active small agencies. And you can find me at focuswp.co, where you can hit me up in the chat or send me an email. And I'm also um, frequently found in my group, Focus on Your Biz on Facebook. So you can hit me up there too. We have a nice little bunch in there. That we keep each other motivated. Um, so today we're gonna do some quick tips, right? Sure, everybody, yeah. has their, everybody has their lists ready. And Tim, of course, I would never forget. Tim. There we go. Because this Tim is, is one that actually define, deserves. He's gonna define a quick tip. For, no, he's gonna define, <laughs> you just go with it. Whatever you wanna explain. 
Yeah, absolutely. So if this happens to be your first time joining Divi Chats, um, I'm typically the definition person. Uh, and so to give SEO a definition, it stands for search engine optimization. It's basically optimizing your website so that it shows up uh, more easily on Google. Um, Google is very, very smart um, and it's going to find your website pretty much uh, no matter what. However, anything you can do to optimize your site and uh, make it easier for Google and, and kind of do things the way that they've laid out as being best practice, the better off you're going to be because you're going to have better rankings um, in the long run. And so um, SEO back in the day, like way back in the day, used to be as easy as um, basically just uh, masking. Um, I, I had a a professor in college who worked for a marketing company. And he said, when SEO was brand new, what they would do for their clients is they would, um, like Jessica Alba was like super big at the time. And so they'd take her name and put it in um, the same color font as the background a hundred times, a thousand times. And then the website would rank for Jessica Alba. Like, and like, that's what you used to be able to do. But Google's gotten so smart that you can't really trick the search engine like you used to be able to do. Um, but instead, you have to do things kind of by the book, uh, white hat, uh, which is all about having good content, good structure, um, and you know, wh basically whatever's good for your user that's going to make your website more user friendly. Um, it's going to also be uh, good for the search engine as well and help you out on the search engine. So feel free to jump in if I missed anything. But you didn't miss anything. But I would like to add. Oh, sorry, Sarah. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to kind of put in a disclaimer initially, because last time we talked about SEO, um, afterwards, I was talking to Kate Toon, who runs a course um, in SEO, which it's called the recipe for SEO. Highly recommend it. I've actually just done the course. Um, however, I'm also still completing the course because it's a very big course. <laughs> and so I don't want to be saying I know everything because I definitely don't. But what I do want to say is we had said we were going to get Kate on for the next time we did SEO and with me being out of the picture for the last two months that hasn't been possible because I've just been MIA so I just wanted to kind of say up front we did say we were going to try and do that we will do that in the future um, but also just a plug for the course because I found it super useful and there were a lot of things that I did not know before I did the course I felt like I was reasonably up to speed but I definitely learned that there were quite a few things that I had been missing. So um, yeah, I'm not gonna say that I'm, I'm gonna be able to bring everything from the course here because I definitely am not and wouldn't want to obviously, but highly recommend you go check it out if you want more than these quick tips that we're gonna look at today. Right, yes, this is definitely. not a comprehensive, <laughs> yeah. this is not a comprehensive day. This is like, we're gonna get Scratching you ready. The surface. We're going to get you ready to take that course, basically. Yeah. So you could show up not embarrassed. But it is yeah. a really good course. If you're looking for something substantial, it is an expensive course. Like it, it's not one of these Udemy 20 buck courses. It's really expensive. But if you're going to be selling these kind of services to clients, for example, that's the kind of place you're going to want to go. Or if you just really want to up your game in SEO, then that's where you want to go. But we're going to give you some quick tips today, which are just some little things that you can implement that might mean that you can be treating Google better and therefore Google will treat you better um, by just changing like a it. few little bits and pieces. Yeah, yeah. And basically we want to um, set up our sites. Of course, we want to get the most uh, organic search traffic that we can to build our businesses, but we also are building sites for other people. And if you are not an SEO expert, I, I'm not, and I don't 
you know, I partner with an SEO person to offer some services to my clients, but when I build a website, unless they're purchasing those services, I, every site I launch, I refer to it as SEO ready. So it's basically taking these fundamental steps, which are like the square one, you know, these are level zero things that you have to do to get every site ready. But I have noticed that as time goes on with my own sites, um, some of the things get a little sloppy and it's good to go back and revisit. So that's sort of the point of all of this today. And um, who wants to start with their, with their first tip? Well, one thing I want to say, uh, Sarah, oh, we're still intro. Okay, good. <laughs> Sorry. Still part of the disclaimers and introduction. Sorry, we're still. Okay. Well, no, Sarah mentioned, obviously she can't regurgitate everything from, you know, this no. uh, really comprehensive course, but Sarah, you did mention that um, there were some things that you thought that, yeah. that, you know, turned out to be wrong or things you were surprised by. I'd love to hear some of those tips. Um, you know, yeah, for sure. Go along. Yeah. I've made plenty of mistakes, like, mm. you know, and I had never done an SEO course before. I thought I kind of knew most of the fundamentals, but there was some really basic stuff around, which I'll come to later, but like really basic stuff around the robots, TXT, around, um, even my functions file, and then also around how I had Yoast set up. So there was a few like basics awesome. that were just making it harder for Google to interact with my websites. And wow. yeah, so, you know, there's some- Oh yeah, that's great. Oh, one more intro slash disclaimer. Um, sure. Sarah mentioned Yoast. You can't install Yoast or, or another SEO plugin and expect to have uh, a high ranking yeah. site. <laughs> it's not that easy. Those are, that's just a tool to help. Um, but yeah, that's, that's where it starts, not where it ends. However, I well, do think that those are important to use yeah, for sure. Those tools. Agreed. Tammy, you had something to say? Yes. I want to speak to those who are just beginning and for those who do uh, DIY websites, we get a lot of people that uh, contact us to get technical support on their site. And what I see mostly, uh, amongst people is that they use header tags inappropriately. Uh, most of the time is to highlight text, not realizing mm -hmm. that those header tags are very important for search engine optimization yeah. to understand yeah. the structure of your page. So especially it, in Divi, right? Because a yes. lot of people use the H1, H2, H3, H4 based on the size they want it to be on the website. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, but I want them all to be this one size. So I'm going to make them all H1s, like exactly. all down the page. And you're like, no, no, no. You yes. can just change the size of a H2 and a H3 and a H4. And they can all be physically the same size. But right. you need to, yeah, totally agree. Yeah. Yeah, can we just all point. take a minute to appreciate how adorable it is that she calls them H tags? <laughs> what are they meant to be? H. H. But I love H. it. I love how you say it. H. So it's, it's got yeah. a H at the start. <laughs> it's only a H. Should we call it a H tag? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So go ahead, Tim. Well, I was just going to kind of uh, piggyback off of, of Tammy's point. Um, I, I think in a important way to kind of view the structure of a page or a post is like an outline and you have your overarching theme of the page, which is basically like your, um, your title tag of your page, which shows up in the, the toolbar. That's basically like what this page or what this post is about. If it's a blog post, it's usually the blog post title. Um, and then from there you use your H tags as the big themes of the page. So like your H one is usually it's, 
pretty much the same as the title tag, maybe a slight variation. And then from within there, you use the headings as the smaller point. So if you kind of view it as an outline where you have like your, you know, your Roman numeral one, and then you have your, your uh, big A and then your uh, little A, you know, all those types of things. Like that's basically what it is, but using header tags instead of Roman numerals. And um, yeah, so uh, that can be a good way to look at it to where you don't have, you know, just H1s all the way down the page because really kind of the good rule of thumb is like you have one h1 per page um and then like typically like because you're trying to help google right like you're trying to help google understand what is this page about and if there is one statement that says this is what this page is about google can understand that and then it gets to the h2s and it goes and this is kind of like a little bit more information about what this is about as the next important thing. And then it gets down to the H3s. And these are some other things to maybe consider. So you're just trying to help Google instead of Google having to go, okay, there's six H1s. So which one do I take seriously? Like, what is this page really about? And if those things are competing against each other, then you're actually just confusing Google. So you're not doing a service to yourself at all. And when it comes to like, we want Google to understand what your page is about, you also want those words, you want Google to understand that your page is about your keywords, like your targeted things, not just generic words on the page, uh, like saying contact us, things like that. Those aren't necessary. Those are important for Google to understand the structure of the site. But when it comes to what you're, what you're hoping people find you for, you want to make sure that you do your keyword research and get those keywords in there and understand sort of the importance of certain keywords over others, which is something that I'm always looking for new tools and things to do research on. What do you guys use for digging up keywords? Ahrefs? Tim's got all the tools. He has all the fancy toys. He does have all the fancy (laughs) tools. In the course, we actually did a whole week on keyword research. And I have to say that was the week I found the most overwhelming out of all of the weeks (laughs) because it's, it is, big and hard and in depth and you could just go down a rabbit hole forever trying to work out what your keywords are and like just that process of trying to get your head around so I say I'm a web designer and in my head I want to be found for Canberra web designers for example or Canberra websites but people don't necessarily google that so trying to get your head inside the head of the people who want your product They don't know to call things the technical terms that you know to call things. So having to like switch your brain out from your Mm -hmm. brain and put it inside the person who's actually looking for your stuff and thinking, what words might they use? And realistically, I'm not going to win for Canberra web design. So like, what's some long things? Like it's, it's hard. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like I'm a little bit hopeless in this area, but I feel like keyword research is really quite technical and really quite challenging. I totally agree. It's overwhelming. Give us some tips. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I think a good place to start is uh, contact people that are your ideal customer. Maybe they're already existing customers, or maybe they're, you know, just like small business owners that you know, or something like that. And be like, hey, if you needed a new website and your only option was going to Google, like, what would you type in? And get some ideas of, of kind of how they think, because you're right. Like if, you know, we, we know we're technical, like we know how Google works for the most part. Uh, we know our, our, our trade, but like someone who's not technical, who's not in the field, like they're going to be, they might type in something super like weird and random. Yeah. Like, 
I need a web person, right? Like we would never think to yeah. optimize for that, but like that might be something that people type in. And you Who might knows? be ranking for the technical terms, but no one's looking for the technical terms. You're right. ranking for it. Like, okay. and I think a lot of SEO companies can help you rank for like words that people are never looking for. Right. But if right. you say 5% of Canberra, Google's web person, all I need is five percent. I don't need the whole of, I don't need to be number one for the very <laughs> most popular term in Canberra. I just need to be number one for what two or three percent of Canberra would look for when they're looking for a website. That's all I need. So sometimes it is that thing of like, what is the obscure thing that a smaller percentage, and then you can win for that and you can slowly start to like look at winning for bigger more popular terms, but you don't have to win for the big popular ones straight off the bat. Right. Yeah, and for absolutely. today, what we're talking about, like, let's not all get super stressed out and just give up. Let's <laughs> focus on what we can do this week for our page tags, which is yeah, right. let's just check our, and I mean, we can all go down these rabbit holes, like so easily. I know Like yeah. you get on your site and you get overwhelmed and you step away and you start doing keyword research. And a week later, you haven't even updated your site because you can't figure it out. Basically, yeah. Google wants you to write good content, like write about what you're doing and do your best, get stuff up there and get them in the right order and the right tags. If you start with that, you're off to a great start. So that's the tags. Like, let's not like overstress about that. But the yeah. other tag, oh, go ahead. Do you want more on that? No, I, I just wanted to uh, like totally commend you on what you just said, keeping it simple, not getting stressed out like that. That's kind of my whole philosophy is keep it simple. Like, yes, like, you know, follow best practice standards, make sure you have good structure, use proper age tags, have a fast website, all those types of things. But beyond that, like my goal, at least with Divi Life has just been focused on like the content and keep it really simple. And it's worked pretty well. Like I'm definitely yep. not ranking for everything possible, but for the content that I do produce, I, I rank pretty well. And so one thing that I learned kind of along those lines a couple of years ago is that um, branding is more important than SEO. And so if you think about it, like the big brands out there, they could do anything and rank immediately on Google, right? They could mm -hmm. break every single SEO rule possible and then they'll still rank number one. It's because they they have such a, um, a strong brand and, and because of that, they have such huge authority with Google that Google's not gonna be like, oh, well, you broke this rule over here. No, they're gonna rank them because like they know that that's what people want. And so if you think about, if you focus on trying to build a good brand, then I feel like in the long run, that's going to do more for you than focusing on like the small little incremental SEO things, because what makes a good brand? Okay. Well, having really good products, having really good service, having really good content, those types of things. And then the SEO kind of just follows naturally because um, Google wants to rank sites that have authority. And part of what gives you authority is having a strong brand. So mm -hmm. and Google is so smart. They, it understands the content on your site. It understands co comparable sites. It understands where you are when you reference local businesses, things like that. It keeps all of that. It, it, it assimilates the whole of your site and it understands it. And as long as people are coming to your site and staying there, not just bouncing right away, that's the other thing, which goes back again to the content and stuff, but let's not go down too far. Well, that goes down to the thing of you want to rank for the thing that you actually do because right. if you're going to play these tricks and rank for random other things people could just come to your site and go oh this is not what i was looking for right. so the whole point of ranking well in google is 
to be presenting something that people actually want. So you exactly. want to be targeting the right people. So the right people click on your link, come to your page, stay on your page, purchase your product. You don't want to rank for random things just for the sake of saying that you rank for things. So I should take the Jessica Alba stuff off my site then? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But yeah, okay. no, there is, there is a time after I, I created Divi overlays that I was ranking in the top on page one in the top, I think like the top three search results for the term overlay, right? Just the word. Wow. Overlay, right? <laughs> but that doesn't help me because like 99% like that, you know, they might be searching for something completely different, not even related to building websites, let alone building Divi WordPress websites. So yeah, so like, but that didn't last very long because Google saw pretty quickly that every time someone clicked on that, yeah. they bounced right back. They so like, this isn't what I that. want. Yeah. Yeah, so Google's smart, right? Comes right back to that. Super smart. So the other tag thing that I wanted to definitely point out is image tags. That's the other big one between accessibility and um, searches, things like that. You know, Google likes when you got alt tags in there. So use your, use your keywords, but use description. That's the other one that's tough to find the happy medium with not yeah. getting too carried away with your keywords, but also using them enough. But, but anyway, make sure, and I'm guilty of, I'll tell you, I, I, I bet I'm not alone. You're messing with your site. You're trying a couple things out. You put this image up, put that image up, blah, blah, blah. Next thing you know, you're like, okay, it looks great. And you move on you think, oh wait, I never went back and updated all the alt tags. So that's a great little yeah. personal audit to do. Run through your media library, grab the images that don't have alt tags in them and, and slap so some tags So this is one of those ones where it was probably one of my biggest takeaways from the course was that alt tags matter, but what matters more than alt tags is actually the name of the file, which mm. I didn't really Ooh. consider. Really? Ooh, yeah, that's a good apparently. tip. So um, if you're gonna be uploading your images, don't call it like header one, um, icon <laughs> three or whatever. Right. So um, when you're naming your images, it's important or home to- BG. That's right. <laughs> Name them what it's called. Make sure on a page, if you're doing your H1, then at least one of the images needs to have the same like name as your H1. And then you kind of I love that together. Tip. Um, so the suggestion was just take a week at a time and, you know, take one page every week and just go through and download your images, rename them, re-upload them. Um, there might be a plugin that lets you rename them potentially, um, and then and then do your alt tags. But specifically in Divi, you also need to keep in mind that if you do your alt tags in the media library area, then you need to add. There's a plugin that you can add which pulls through that information um, to the front end, or else you need to label it inside the image module in the advanced tab. Is it the advanced tab? The third tab down the bottom. So you just need to make sure. So Divi's point in that is the fact that if you label it in the Divi module, you can change the image as many times as you want and you don't have to redo the alt tags. So that is the theory behind it. In reality, that doesn't necessarily help that much. So I've been finding that using that plugin, which we'll put in the link, I don't have it in front of me, um, then it will pull that information through. And then that's easier for clients in the end anyway, because you just say, go to your media yep. library and like fill out all this stuff. So yeah, apparently that is the advice that yes, alt tags matter, but don't forget the name of the actual image. And potentially it might even mean a little bit more than an alt tag. Yeah, and the description tag. 
is good too. Yeah. Alton to scripture are the ones I always do, but that's I always a great, just duplicate uh, them. I try and like make the description one a tiny bit longer or something, but um, the other, uh, have you guys ever geotagged your images? No. This is something my SEO guy had has had me do on for a couple client sites where they are going for local search and they want to target a certain area, say um, Charlotte, North Carolina. So we go and we, we put up a geo page for local, it just shows local businesses, local events, things like that, local areas. And we put an image for each thing. And um, I did a little tutorial on it. I have to go back and look at it again, but it's got where you can go in and do, um, you can open it up, use this online thing and you can add actual like latitude and longitude on those images and save them and upload them. And there's a couple certain ways you have to do it so you don't like lose it, but that really, it's huge for local because it proves that you're where you are saying you are in the text. So that was a, something I thought was kind of useful with images too. Yeah. Local SEO is a whole nother, whole nother oh, animal. Cause it's, it's like everything we're talking about, plus those other little things like you're mentioning. Plus there. all that. Yeah. <laughs> plus latitude and longitude for good <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Google what? places and yeah. Yeah. So, so um, of, go ahead. Speaking, speaking of images, I learned recently too, that uh, Google puts a high importance on authenticity on a website. So if you could avoid using stock images and have your own images that they they put more importance on websites nice. with their own images. Oh yeah, so that's, that's something a good to one. strive good for. Tip. Yeah, and and Google absolutely knows because just like they index yeah. websites, they index images. Um, mm -hmm. be, like for example, you can up you could take a stock image and upload it. You can do go and do an image search and search by the image. And you can find yeah. every web page that they have indexed that has that same exact image. So like clearly like that's like built into their algorithm like very deeply. So yeah, that's a great tip. Yeah, that is a good one. Okay, so lots of stuff we can do to clean up our images this week. <laughs> All right, so yeah. um, next up- But don't up, feel overwhelmed I, by it. Like just, just, just start. take it a little bit at a time. Just yeah. A little bit every week. Just a little bit. I want to remember the name of that plugin, Sarah. I kind of forgot about that. That's really useful. We'll have to we'll figure yeah. it out and put it in the show. Notes. I always go I end up Googling it every time and re-downloading it every time because I always forget. Yeah. So another um, language. This might transition well from images, but I wanted to bring up the importance of using video. Uh, this is another thing I've learned from my um, my SEO buddy, Michael. He um he really like Google likes when you use Google products. We know this. So Google owns YouTube. So YouTube is, you know, get your videos on YouTube, put copy that's relevant to the video in the description, and then embed those on your site. It accomplishes multiple things. It gets um, people to stay longer on your website. If they're watching your videos, they stay longer. It gets traction with your, you know, your YouTube and your website. It does all kinds of good things that I'm very badly explaining right now, but trust me, it's, it's good. So use your, <laughs> use your videos, everyone. Yeah. And That's aside cool. from that, it is just better to host it on something like YouTube because it's free and then um, it doesn't take load on your server. So I've had clients ask me specifically, can you upload it to the website? And it just makes the page slow and horrible and it's not a good idea. So yes, no you can put a cover image over the top of it, but like why? 
you just are better to put it on YouTube and get them to create their own YouTube channel. Like don't put it on your own channel, for example. Right. Oh, good point. Yeah. And uh, on top of that too, you can have double placement because someone could type something in. And if you have like, for example, a blog oh, a post one, yeah. with the video, well, then uh -huh. you could have the the yeah, text both. link and then all this, also you'll have a video link that goes to YouTube. And then also if you have the link to your blog post in the video description, then it'll link back there and they can, you know, mm, go and see the clever. text version. <laughs> What's that? That is good. Oh, I thought you were saying that wasn't good. I was like, no, did I do something No, wrong? it is good. It's a terrible <laughs> idea. How could you do that, Tim? Yeah. No, well, I think and it's another, great. And another, on, on that point too, some people, rather than going to Google, they go straight to YouTube. And so yeah, they'll sure. use YouTube as a I search engine. All yeah, the time. Exactly. So then and if YouTube, you can... YouTube's the number two search engine. Yeah. Number two. And it's way behind in all the algorithms that Google is. So it's way easier to rank. There's not as much. I mean, there's a lot of content that you have to fight against, but... It's harder yeah, to create good quality video content. So it's like, it's less competitive in a lot of ways than yeah. like general like Google search engines. with like I, st I still rank for some of my central grid tutorials and oh, yeah. still get comments on them. And they were three years ago. I have not created anything new on YouTube in, I don't know, multiple years. And they're still doing well because <laughs> no one else is doing videos on a central grid. Like they're really old and they're outdated, but they're still ranking, which says there's a good market there. That's yeah. awesome. That's rad. Uh -huh. That's super, that's rad. That's <laughs> radical, dude. <laughs> All right, let's 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 get on to some of the other things like uh, Yoast. Right. I think oh, yeah. Yoast. Yeah, these SEO plugins. I mean, I don't, yeah. I don't personally use Yoast. I think whichever one you use that works for you. No, I don't care. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, a lot of people love it. Uh, I use all-in-one SEO um, and there's some other ones. What's the, uh, somebody SEO just posted framework? a poll in my group today about it too um ah oh shoot i can't remember but anyway uh these things are good you can get lost in them too though like they can go they can look so overwhelming and complicated and do you want to do no index and no follow on all your category and tag page you know like what but get your titles and your descriptions on your pages and set up your social media sharing stuff if you are going to be sharing your content or like how it's going to look in the thumbnail. I mean, just doing the Facebook open graph thing even helps if that content's going to be getting shared, but that's getting away a little from SEO, I guess. Sorry. I yeah. You're talking and, a little technical there. You might need to explain a little bit further for people who are a bit newer. All right. Yeah. Uh, Tim, you do it. <laughs> um, so yeah, so Yoast, like I'm talking to I'm Yoast is, is what I use. And so it's the only one I know, but I'm pretty sure they have like pretty comparable features. But basically when you share something on Facebook, uh, it'll basically grab the featured image of the page or post if there is one, or it'll grab like the first image. Mm -hmm. However, you can define what shows up in the thumbnail on Facebook um, by selecting an image within the settings of Yoast. And so uh, basically it's like the, the sharing settings or whatever. And so for example, and this is you... on the page. So this is like, say you're doing your homepage. This is actually on the homepage, not in the Yoast settings. Yeah. And so with Yoast, you can set a default. So like if you don't have one specifically for that page or post, it'll just have like a generic uh, image um, or you, yeah, like Sarah, so you can define it on a per page basis. And that way, when it goes to Facebook, uh, you can make sure it's the proper dimensions and everything so that it looks good because uh, Facebook has, you know, their their uh, exact image ratios. Um, and same so, for Twitter. There's a Twitter tab as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then also too, this is kind of getting into 
a little bit next step, but for, I had to do this recently because I shared something on Facebook that I wanted to turn into a Facebook ad, but Facebook ads hate images that have a lot of text. And I had a screenshot mm -hmm. as a featured image and the screenshot had a lot of text on the page. And Facebook was like, no, we're not going to run this ad because there's too much text. So I had to Dina. go in and do exactly what we're describing in the Yoast settings and create an image just for Facebook that didn't have the text that, and then reshare it. And then I could turn it into a Facebook ad that way. So it's another benefit of that. And I'd like to piggyback on that too. If you decide to use the, uh, the social media settings in Yoast, and you make changes to it, sometimes it take a while for it to update before you can share it on your, uh, like Facebook. So a lot of times I often have to go to the Facebook debugger to scrape the site. I don't know if you all experience that a lot or have clients that do, but yeah. it's good practice if you make changes to your settings and your pictures to go ahead and go to the debugger and scrape the page again. So. Yeah, which that's stuff. basically clearing the Facebook cache for that page. Yes. It's kind of the yeah. equivalent. And it's nice to be able to see what it's going to look like first, too, because mm -hmm. when it shows the small thumbnail, it crops it down to the middle square. And, you know, they want it to be like 1200 by 630. And then they only show this tiny little the middle section of it and stuff. So it helps to be able to see like what's getting cropped and stuff. But if you guys have never used the Facebook debugger tool, I can never remember the URL. So I just Google Facebook debug and it like pops yeah. up immediately. Yeah. And then you paste your URL in and click debug. And then there's a scrape again, as Sammy said, you could scrape it. So that's, that's how you do it until it, and you can keep making changes. It'll show you if there's any errors and it calls it the OG, like the OG, not the original gangster. It's the OG <laughs> image is the open graph, which is Facebook's name for your sharing images, basically for your social stuff. So their image, the title, all of those things, which you can set up in the, the social plugins. Oh yeah. But I forgot about the all the other platforms kind of recognize Facebook's as far as I understand it. Like, even if you don't put the specific Twitter ones, I think Twitter grabs the Facebook OG image and the title and all that. Same with, I think Google even, I don't know. I think those all sort of overlap. I think Facebook was the one that sort of led the way in those. And so everybody kind of piggybacked on them. It, correct me if I'm wrong. That's my understanding. I don't know from a technical standpoint, I just tend to do the scraper anyway, just to like, yeah. you know, make sure that Google is likely to pick up. It kind of, one thing it does is it kind of helps, you know, is something stuck in a cache so mm -hmm. that then, or a cache, so that then you can um, like make sure that it is making its way outside of your website. So even if other people are not looking at what Facebook is seeing, at least you know that Facebook was able to see the new changes. Therefore, Google will be able to see the new changes. So in my mind, that's what it does. I don't know from a technical standpoint other than that, but I find it a useful tool. Totally, yeah. And um, I, there's I, this is making me want to jump ship over to google schema but i Hold think there's on. a few we, more things to talk about on these things we need to still yeah. talk in yours because this is one of the ones that i had set up wrong in a number of websites oh. which was in yours and i don't know for other plugins because i've only used yours but in yours there are settings i don't know oh, i should have looked this up before but in the actual yo settings um, there is a spot there where you can kind of say what Google should come and have a look at. And so you're basically saying like, do you want them to, um, do you want them to put all of your images into Google, for example? And the answer to that should be no, 
Like you, you, you don't want it to be um, index. You don't want to index your images. You don't want to be indexing them because then what happens is people go and find the image and then it goes as an attachment and it, you know, it causes and attachment pages are ugly too. Really ugly. And they're really unhelpful. Um, Uh So, I mean, I always had that one turned off anyway, but there's other ones where say you install Divi overlays, it automatically goes into Yoast. And so then Yoast has this option that says, do you want me to rank? Like, do you want me to put every single Divi overlays as its own page in Google? And so then all of a sudden, say you've got like five different plugins, you've got Divi overlays, you've got Divi bars. I'm trying to think of all our guys. Um, (laughs) You've got like whatever they all are, right? Each of them automatically Google will then make them their own page. And people have created these plugins so that- Yeah, so you can like do it easily, right? Where you go into the plugin, like into this side section, but essentially what you've made is a custom post type. And so it's going to then rank that custom post type. And so then say my website has five pages on it, but I've used five of these plugins. Well, instead of having the five pages show up in Google, you're going to have the five pages, plus you're going to have every single post that goes inside of one of those Divi overlays, plus you're going to have all of the posts that you're going to have in some other one. And all of a sudden you're going to have 50 things showing up in Google. What that does, it's not really that helpful in first place. You don't want people to go directly to the Divi overlays individual post page. That's not helpful. But secondly, um, what it does is it means that then Google's looking at 50 pages instead of five pages. And you want them to be using all of their energy on these five pages. You don't want them to be looking at 50,000 pages yeah. when it's not useful to the end user. The end right. user doesn't want to go straight to some weird pop-up page. Like that's not helpful for them. So I realized I had a lot of those turned on. And what it also means is then in your sitemap, instead of just having pages, like the way Yoast structures it is it comes to this page where it has like a subsection. So it'll have pages, posts, images, Divi overlays, whatever. And so each of those is then its own sitemap. So then you're giving Google more sitemaps to look at, which Mm. again is just slowing Google down at doing Google's job of looking at your pages and your posts and maybe another custom, like your products. That's what you want Google looking at. You don't want Google looking at some other random custom post type because you installed a plugin. So every time you install a plugin, you need to re-double check, is Google now going to start ranking each of those posts? And you might think, oh, but I want that content in Google. It is. <laughs> like, It'll be it's indexed it on the page. It's, it's there, yeah. 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 And let me, let me uh, just say as a sidebar, cause you mentioned my, my plugins as custom, yeah. custom post type. So originally, <laughs> I had it so they, so Divi Overlays, Divi Bars, Divi Mega Pro, they didn't have their own uh, unique URL, their own page, like you described. But because yep. Elegant Themes changed Divi with the, the new backend builder and everything, where to use the new backend builder, yeah. the, the content, the post type has to be accessible from the front end because it's iframing in the front end of yeah. the site with the visual builder. And so because of that, we had to change it, which pains me, but it was the only way to make it so you could still use it. Yeah, them. and it's not a, like it's a good user experience for the person building the website, but it is an extra totally. thing you need to keep in mind. And it's just one of those things that I suddenly realized I've got 50 sites that now I have to go through at some point. And, you know, and so I did that all in December going through everyone's and suddenly realizing, oh my gosh, like, I'm like indexing all this stuff I don't need to be indexing. And I'm actually just making Google's job harder for my websites. 
Yeah, th that's a really good, like, you know, to stay with the, the topic of uh, today's daily to, chat. It's quick. really quick to change. It yeah. is super fast to change. Like quick you'll spend actionable. five minutes done. Yeah, and, and in addition to the custom post types and, and whether or not Google uh, or Yoast or the other SEO plugins, uh, we'll put that in the site map for, for uh, Google to index. There's also the things like archive pages and tags and yeah. Um, category pages and stuff like that. Um, do you have any tips on that, Sarah? What best practices? I was yeah, going to ask I mean, about this too, because I kind of had all those other things, but I've recently been sort of con like battling the issue of the category pages in particular, because it's the same thing. Like all that content is still there. You've those already pages. got that content in Google. Like it's already indexed. So yeah. You've already got all your posts and they already have their categories listed as a part of it. It's already in there. And often D Divi doesn't display the, uh, those very well anyway. Like just well, WordPress in general. Yeah. A yeah. lot of it is. But yeah. you already have your blog page and you already have every individual page. Why would you also need a category um, index? And who uses tags now? Like nobody. Yeah. So like, you definitely pages. can get rid of Yeah, author pages, unless you have like 20 authors, it's not actually helping. Like unless people actually think about like, how are people wanting to interact with your website? Do hey, people I'm actually wanna go, I wanna read all of Stephanie's blog posts. Okay, maybe if people are Googling for Stephanie specifically and her author work, yes, maybe that makes sense. But I would say, 99.5% of my clients that needs to be turned off because there's yep. generally one author, maybe two. And really that's not how you want people to be coming to your website to uh -huh. an ugly author index. Or right. Which is when there's one author, that's essentially a duplicate of your blog page. And so then it, yeah. Google's which like, is not what's helping the, what's the, the deal here? Yeah. You don't uh, want to okay. get a super easy one to turn off. Yeah. This is good, you guys. Are you getting this? Okay, That's so awesome. what else do we want to do? In okay, oh, the some people in the live chat posted some of these other apps that are really great that I couldn't think of. SEO Press, um, All-in-One SEO is the one that I've been using. I've been pretty happy with it. Rank, Rank Math, Math, I guess, is the new kid on the block. Um, I got asked SEO to review that framework. one, but I didn't want to. SEO Framework. So, and then Yoast, of course. So. That's some of the, and they all have different levels of what's included and what's yeah. not. So, yeah. Um, and, and I'm, I'm going to say, I mean, feel free anyone to correct me if I'm wrong, but, uh, oh, really did. at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It's just a tool and they're all going to do basically the same things. And so I think someone said rank math, uh, Christian said rank math has some really good, uh, local SEO features. Okay. That might be a reason to use rank math or stuff, but like at I the end of the day, like pick one, stick with it. Stick Don't with it. go changing your SEO plugin all the time. It's not worth it. It's the amount that it's going to change is not worth it. So right. just stick one, pick one, go with it. End of story. Like, just And if you pick one that's way too complicated or doesn't work the way your brain works, then you won't use it or you'll put junk in there or something and it's going to just hurt you anyway. So yeah, I agree. Yeah. Don't, don't overthink this one either, guys. That's the, uh, that's yep. another quick tip. Yep. Definitely. Um, Okay, so. we're starting to run close to the end of our time. I know, and we there's are. still lots of things to get in there. I, one of the big things I want to say is around SSL certificates. Um, Ooh, I know it sounds kind of stupid, but make sure that you have an SSL certificate. Every single host should offer it for free. Mm -hmm. If your host does not offer an SSL Let's certificate encrypt. through Let's Encrypt, then change hosts. It's <laughs> not worth it. Um, yeah. So make sure that you have an SSL certificate. It is free. 
make sure it's installed and then make sure that you're using either a plugin or else in your function file, make sure that you set it up so that you're telling everywhere to always go to the HTTPS version. Make sure you have picked a either www or a non-www and stick with it. Do not change it because I yeah. did that on a really big website and mm. their rankings crashed and yeah. it was oh, awful and it was ouch. horrible. So my advice to you is if you are redesigning a website make sure you know what it is currently using. If it is using all four types, which I have also seen, <laughs> you're going to have to warn your client they're going to have a dip because Google has to suddenly go, oh, these are all the one site and now I have to figure out what's going on. So warn them there's going to be a good month where things are not going to be ideal for them. Um, but make sure that you work out what they're on, make sure they stick on that and then either use a plugin or put it in the function file to make sure that you force SSL, either www or non-ww, one or the other. So it's not presenting both. And also um, the trailing slash. So another issue I had with some of my websites was oh. I discovered it was ranking like say whatever website forward slash about, but it was also ranking whatever website forward slash about forward slash. And it was ranking them separately. Oh, and wow. so not in Google, but uh. in Google, uh, Google search console. And so it was, I don't know whether that technically was causing problems, but it was certainly mucking up my stats. So yeah. um, just, that's just a little tip that make sure yeah. that it is always doing the forward slash and that everything else is forced. Um, and sometimes a plugin, I think WP Rocket automatically does some of that stuff. But then that's I moved nice. away from WP Rocket and didn't realize that WP Rocket was the thing that had been doing that for me. And so oh. the sites that I then moved away from WP Rocket suddenly were presenting both W uh, both so where, where did you change that? Where did you change I, that then when you went to change it? In my it functions manually? file. You had to go in the functions file. Okay. Yeah, I added some code. So I just have some standard code that goes into every website now that forces SSL, forces the trailing slash, that kind of stuff. When you um, set up your let's encrypt, you can click the button to have it force HTTPS as well. Yeah. If somebody doesn't want to jump on your in host a little bit. Yeah, yeah. There's a million ways to do it. Like server level, like on the website with code on the website with the plugin, like there's yeah, yeah. an infinite number of ways. I but think yeah. there's that easy SSL plugin. A lot of people use that one, but just yeah. be careful. Yeah. Cause if you, I paid for the paid version of that at one point, and I actually killed some websites because it did too much. <laughs> oh, so just like get the free readers. one. Do extra, yeah. Yeah, um, and, and just to, to kind of reiterate, you want one version of your site. So whether it's yes. www or it's HTTPS, or you want HTTPS, and then everything else, you want to test it to make sure it all redirects to that one version yeah. of the site. Um, and then um, you can use a tool like Why No Padlock? Because basically if you have yes. a website that's HTTPS, but then it's pulling resources from HTTP, then yeah. you won't get the get full benefit of SSL and, and Google will basically look down on that and it won't give you the little you know green padlock or whatever. And so you can uh, go to whynopadlock.com, I think, and it's gonna tell you exactly why. And then most of the time it's because you started the website on HTTP and then you use some sort of a tool yeah. to change it, but then those tools typically don't, uh, They'll, they'll miss some of the things like background images and Divi for a while. I remember they were missing it. And so um, usually what I do is I, I try to start building the site on HTTPS so that all the file paths 
will automatically have HTTPS without me having to do anything. However, if you yeah. don't do that, you can, um, what I like to do rather than use a plugin, cause there's plugins where you can, it'll automatically fix all, um, HTTP, HTTP to HTTPS, but, um, depending on the plugin, um, if you remove the plugin, then it goes away cause it's just like a temporary yeah. fix. So what I recommend doing is, um, better, um, search, better search replace, replace. and actually, yeah. yeah, actually search and replace it in the database. You have to be careful with that. Cause you can bring you down do. your whole site. But, it's um, a really scary order. process the first time you do it, <laughs> but yeah. honestly, once you have done it, it is really not that scary. And the, it, it even gives you a test run yeah. where you can like do it and like make sure you've got it right. My biggest advice with using that plugin is Back copy up. your URL, like actually use copy and paste and copy and paste yes. it in and then copy yes, and paste it in the is... second time and either add or remove the S. Yeah. And then that way, you know, hundred percent, it is exactly the same URL. No typos. If you have... Say you didn't do a slash at the end on one of them, you yeah. will 100% kill your website. Yeah, yes. and do a backup before, so then you can do a restore if you do. I know it sounds like scary what we're saying, but honestly, it is the best long-term solution to fix it because once you've done it, you uninstall the plugin and you don't have to yeah. keep that plugin on your website. It's one less plugin. Yeah. That's what I always do too. Hey, do you guys remember when we did the episode on the security stuff? And it was like, you felt like you were just stuttering and spitting because you're like, HTTP to HTTPS like the whole time. I know we did. Oh man, it was brutal. Okay. So we're almost out of time. There's so much more we can talk about on the stuff, but I, there's one other thing that I definitely wanted to hit on and that's Google My Business. Uh, again, Google loves when you use Google products, use Google My Business. It is a lot to do with local stuff. But even without local, it still helps you. They have this um, relatively new thing like past year or so with posts where you can publish posts like you would on social media or something and you can post events. Um, posts last, oh man, I'm going to say it wrong. I want to say posts live on there for a week and events live for maybe, I don't know, more weeks. It still is limited. So you have to like time it so you keep going in there and keeping them updated. But that becomes huge for when people search for you. I mean, first of all, of course, you have to have a Google My Business set up. I mean, that's, you know, you have to get in there and put your address and all that. And even verify. if you don't have, and verified, even if you don't have people coming to a brick and mortar location or things like that. And they do change, you know, the thing with hiding your address or not, that stuff all changes. But the, the main point is get an account set up and, and, publish like if you write blog posts or if you put some interesting things on social media throw them up onto your google my business too and i know some of the um social media management like the the one i use that i got on app sumo that's just like well whatever it it can post to google my business now too so you know you don't even have to have a whole extra step you can just check the other box and um and do that and also that can make be sure that your um address address is exactly the same as the address on the website exactly so it like it can't be like st on one for street and then street on the other one like make sure it's exactly the same and um and what was the other thing and your name too so if you have like my my agency is called sweet tea marketing comma LLC. And you have to have that as your name. Once you're verified and stuff, you can make little tweaks. Like you could take the LLC off and things, but, but yeah, you have to have the address and yep. the, the business name. And my little that. tip, which I don't know if this is like, okay or not, but my physical address is my home address. Right. And I live in a unit 
And so a hot tip is I did like my full address when I verified it, like with my proper um, unit number. And then just recently I dropped off the unit number. And so, and it didn't impact Google at all. And so now nice. like people can't find where I live because they don't know which unit I'm at, but nice. equally I'm, I can have my address displayed on Google. You and are then living on the edge, on Sarah. Website. Yep. Yep. Uh, it's a good one. Get it. Were get you like reviews. sweating when you were going to get reviews? Yes. Get reviews. Yep. So make sure that you, in terms of reviews, I mean, you want to be getting regular ones. So particularly for your clients, like I would be recommending that they're asking people once or twice a month for a review. Obviously you want more than that, but you know, for a lot of these little small businesses, you don't want them flooded with 20 right now and then nothing for a year. So if they right. can spread it out a little bit, regular good reviews, if they get a bad review, you can dispute it, but it doesn't really go very far. And so your best option is just to reply as politely as you can to the person and say, I'm very sorry, I've never actually seen you, you're not really a client <laughs> or whatever you want to say, because often it'll be just some person is really pissed off and they ask three of their friends to all pile on you with all these bad reviews. So reply politely. And then after that, ask some friends to give you some positive reviews to outweigh it. Like it's unfortunate and you can try and dispute it, but it's you're well, and, just better to outweigh it. And truthfully, it. if you've got one bad review and and one good review, like that's bad. But if you've got a, you yeah. know, a dozen or more and then one is not so good, it's kind of actually okay. Because if you have yeah. all five-star reviews, if you go that's and look at something that's all five-star reviews, aren't you kind yeah. of a little bit like, mm, is this all their family? coming on here to review them or something. Yeah. But at the same time, like often I mean, you don't want be that bad, thing. you don't want people like flaming you either, but like, well, it's yeah, not like off, I've seen multiple clients have just one person get really pissed off with them and then ask like 20 people, Hey, can you come and give this person a bad review? And all of a sudden they are completely outweighed because they only had 20 wow, reviews and now so they've got brutal. 40 reviews and half of them are one star reviews. Uh, that's so, another story. Yeah, yeah but it, it happens like it, it has happened to at least three of my clients so it's what? like it's these kind of things where people maybe Sounds that's like the some shady thing. clients I we don't know. we don't sue each other we just give each other one star reviews anyway so get reviews yeah typically like if i if i'm looking at like a restaurant or, or something i'm either on google or yelp or whatever the first thing I do is, okay, like look at the average. Oh, okay, there's four and a half stars. And the next thing I do is read the bad reviews. I know that there's going to be mm -hmm. bad reviews, like if they've been around yeah. for a while, but it's like, what are they? Because most of the time they're people that are just really dumb and like, it's wait, just <laughs> give a one-star review for that. Like someone will be like, oh, I was really mad like that they didn't have steak, but it's like an Italian restaurant or something like that. You're like, what? Yeah. Like you can't get mad at them at that. Like you give them a one-star review, yeah. you're dumb. <laughs> Yeah. So the other thing we, I, we're running out of time. The other thing we haven't talked about is Google search console, which is obviously yes, very important. There are plenty of my clients who have never heard of it. They don't know what it is. They've come from another agency who has potentially not set them up with Google search console or Google analytics, which is just a pain in the butt, but you need to have it. It's very simple to set up in terms of you just need a Google or Gmail email address. Then you can sign up for it and you need to verify, it will tell you how to do it. I find it simpler yeah. to verify Google Analytics first and then do Google Search Console. Google Search Console now allows you to do the domain property. I know I'm talking in big words, but at one point it will ask you, do you want the domain property or each individual website? Do the domain property. It will make you put a piece of code into your DNS 
Your DNS is usually where you pay for your domain name. I know this is a little bit all over the top, but it is or really hosting. important. And if you could be your yeah, hosting. If you yeah, it might be in your C panel or something like that. Um, if you don't know how to do it, ask someone how to do it or watch a YouTube video. It is actually quite simple and it is really important because essentially you're saying to Google, okay, I'm ready, come have a look at my website. It will also give you errors if stuff is going wrong. Divi will traditionally give you tons of errors that say your content is too wide for the screen or your buttons are too close together. You just go and click verify and it fixes itself. So if you get those errors, don't freak out. Just go and click verify, but it is a really important step. So make sure that you have done it. And if you don't know how to do it, ask someone or watch a YouTube video. Yeah. Post in the Divi chat. Facebook right. page. Yeah. We'll, we'll help you. So we haven't gotten yes. to my list yet. So let's move through that quickly. I'm just kidding. Man, we need. No, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm joking, but I'm actually oh, not kidding because okay. we didn't touch on most of my list. But I, I yeah. do want to say one is my final thought that I think is I'd super, like to go ahead important. and just get it out of the way that we spent way too much time on hashtags today. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, um, everyone. I did not pace us well. So All right, I'll Tim. just say I'll just say two that I think are really important uh, from my list. Sarah touched on Google Search Console, so I'm crossing that off. The next one that I think is overlooked. Now, this isn't for new websites. You have to have a kind of an established website with content that no one does, but it's a great, like, kind of quick, actionable SEO tip. And that's Ooh, I'm update so your existing content. Google loves that because it shows yeah. that it's it's still fresh and still relevant. So don't just go and update the date on a blog post, for example. You actually have to update it, make it, you know, newer, <laughs> fresher, more yeah. thorough, um, you know, add more content. And I actually did that today um, on, on a blog post. And so, um, and if you do that, you can update the published date too, but it has to be like significant changes. You don't want to just update the published date and then just like, you know, change a few sentences around. You want to actually like add to the post and make it more quality. And so basically kind of the, the strategy behind that is you look at your, your Google analytics and you look at, okay, well, what am I already ranking for? That's a really good piece of content that Google loves sending me traffic for. Let's make sure that I continue ranking for that. And the way you yep. do that is by keeping the content fresh. Such and, then, a good and maybe tip. that is the post that you go through and double check all the things like maybe mm -hmm. right. download your images and re-upload them and check your yeah. page tags and check your title tag and do all the little things that make a difference. Yeah, definitely. And, and the last thing I want to say is have a fast loading website. Like that's yes. becoming yes. more and more important for SEO. So I have a, a blog post on how to make your Divi website faster. And it's meant to be five easy, actionable steps. So to, I have one of those too, but that's one of those pieces of content that I need to probably go back and update a little bit. <laughs> yeah, for it really that, does I kind make of... a difference though. This the and... well, all the plugins like I recommend stuff, and it's like all the settings change all the time. You know, like the how the plugins yeah, look for my screenshots and stuff. It's kind of brutal. But yeah, and I come and go um, from yeah. say WP Rocket every five seconds. Like depending yeah. on the website, it will kill one website, and on another website, it will make it lightning fast. And so it's okay. one of those things where. Sometimes something stuff. works for one site and it doesn't work for another site. And so auto optimize, like all of those things. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. The, um, the other thing that we have not touched on at all, and we don't have time to get into it, unfortunately is Google schema, which is where I was kind of tempted to jump to before we were done talking yeah, about all the social too stuff complex for today. <laughs> yeah. it, it is, but it's important. And it, there are some plugins that can help you do it, but that one is a little bit more complex. It's maybe not such a quick tip, but for those that are more advanced users, or maybe if you already um, 
well on your way with some of these things. Like maybe if you have some of the Yoast or all-in-one installed and you've already got a lot of that under control, that would be something I would recommend to do a little research on and look into. Yeah. Um, yeah. And some plugins have that built in. Like for example, WooCommerce or Easy <laughs> Digital Downloads, they have the, the reviews schema for a product built in. So if you ever Google your website or, or one of your products and you see in the search rankings, like, oh, five stars because you have like five-star reviews. Well, they're pulling that from the schema markup for that post. So I guess quick definition schema is basically the rich snippets that you see on the search and results page. And they have them for like reviews. They have them for like recipes for like blog posts will have like author and, and stuff like that. Like you see like the author image on the, the search and results page. That's all part of the schema, which is what Stephanie's talking about. Which is a little bit like that open graph stuff we were talking about, but it's more like the Google version of it. So it sort of classifies the bits of information on your site and shows people like displays it accordingly. So anyway, somebody in the chat said that we need to let Tammy speak more. Tammy, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's have you okay. been feeling you've been feeling overshadowed? <laughs> no, I feel fine. <laughs> Take us home, Tammy. Drop another tip on us. Well, the tip I was going to mention before too uh, regarding content is just to make sure that you spread out the content. Uh, large chunks of text is really terrible uh, for oh, Google okay. and That's for those one. who are viewing the website. Make sure you break that up with some visuals and make it easier for people to digest. Nice. I love it. That's a nice, easy, quick tip too. Okay. So guys, can't wait to hear what you're going to do this over the next couple of weeks, how you're going to get your site going, make sure you're tracking it. So you get that awesome, uh, what's the, what's that good hormone that you get when you get that good rush, when you see those numbers going up, up, up. Dopamine. So anyways, dopamine, endorphins, all of it. Yeah. So you're going to get, you're going to be so happy when you start seeing it. And these are things that are so actionable and they really will make a, an, a result that you can track and see. So anyway, as always, we're so grateful to our buddy Pablo, keeping all you rowdies in the chat in order. And uh, we're grateful for the live chatters that come to and drop all these kind of interesting comments and things in there. We love having you guys here. Anything else that we're leaving off? Is that it? I think we're all good. We didn't even have time for final thoughts. I'm sorry, we ran so long, too much to talk about. I think the main thing is just this is such a light little overview. These are some quick tips of things you could implement, but obviously if you really want to get stuck into it, like there are plenty of courses around. I recommend Kate's one, but there are also other courses around. And my recommendation is start researching. And if you do all of these things, say you spend a couple of hours a week doing some of this stuff, working on your website every week, and you get to the end of that, well then maybe use those couple of hours to start researching further so you can get to know more things. Aren't Apologies to YouTube channel by Google. Yeah, I know. Um, there's a, sorry, I lost my headphone. There's a new um, YouTube channel by Google um, that you can follow and they do like an update monthly about Google. Um, I'll put it in the link thing, but there's, it's quite useful because it gives you the newest information around how Google search is functioning. And if there's new things you need to keep in mind. So maybe follow that YouTube channel. That's a good one. Okay. So uh, as always, guys, if you're here, uh, listen, if you're here on YouTube live with us, hit the subscribe button, hit the bell, hit the like. And if you're listening on your favorite podcast episode, we're so glad that we're back with you now, that Corey has helped rescue our 
failing feed and we're back Yay, Corey. We're, we're back on your podcast app now so please do uh leave us a review hit a like button and and send us some uh send us some suggestions for topics that you'd like us to cover all right have a great week everybody we'll see you for 152 next week take care bye-bye <laughs>